welcome the Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. We are a New Thought spiritual community in Rhode Island that's dedicated to practical spirituality and activities that can empower you to create a life of abundance, health, joy, and meaning. As you listen to this recording of a recent talk given at the center, please know that wherever you are on your spiritual path, we are knowing God's highest and best for you. Today we're going to wrap up our exploration into the topic that we've been venturing, adventuring, exploring, examining, the light within the shadows. And we started this year, you know, our, the journey continues to unfold. We started rooting and rebooting, grounding ourselves in our spiritual principles and reminding ourselves who we are. We are spiritual beings having a spiritual experience here on this physical plane. And rebooting ourselves, renewing our resolve to live from that space, to live out loud. And in order to do that, we've examined our superpowers of curiosity to become interested about what is it that is within us that is wanting to be expressed What truth of us is wanting to be known and and to make it welcome, to cultivate our lives so that that authenticity can be seen and known, not just by ourselves, but by others. And in order to do that, we have to embrace, embrace, embrace our vulnerability, which is the birthplace. That's truly our vulnerability is our, our strength. When we drop the mask and let ourselves be seen in this month, well, we have been talking about, okay, those parts of me that have been hidden for so long, parts maybe that I've been hiding from myself, they might feel big, they might feel overwhelming, they bring up feelings of maybe anger and fear and grief, the shadows. The shadows, these dark spaces that sometimes can feel so overwhelming to us and so scary to us. Like little children, we can, they can feel like monsters under our bed that, that cause us to pull our covers over our head, to hide from our own life. And we will hide from our own life sometimes even engaging in behaviors that sabotage us, that creates upset in our own lives and and pain in other people's lives because of these shadows. But here's what we've talked about this month is that as we spend time in the dark, guess what? Our eyes begin to adjust. As we begin to navigate the dark hallways, to our places of rest and peace, to find the light that is there. In the darkness of the womb, there is a life that is being formed. We've talked about this this month, and today we're wrapping it up and making a decision, giving ourselves permission to play our lives full out. 
You know, let's remember the words of the profound bard, <laughs> William Shakespeare, who said all the world's a stage and all the people are merely players. They have their exits and their entrances and one person in their time plays many parts. Each of us is an actor in our own life and in our teaching of science of mind, how we might actually talk about this and, and understand this is that we hold the pen as the script writers of our life. Our thoughts, our beliefs, our intentions become the ink that shapes that script. And not only are we writing the script, but we are the producers. <laughs> We're the stagehands. We're playing all the parts and unexamined shadows. This is why this is such a vital topic. My teacher, when I first got into science mind, said, you don't need to do this work. And I stand before, if she was here, and I would say, you're wrong. We need to examine these parts of us that have been unexamined. Because those shadows, those parts of us that, are, that have been hidden for so long can cause us to play bits, parts in our own life. They can keep us from playing on the center stage of our own life. They can actually keep us in the wings of our own life, waiting for someone to give us permission in order to live our lives. This is the importance of the work that we are doing. Each of us are imbued with the divine lights. Tracy talked about it in that spiritual mind treatment. That light, each one of us are the, and is the place where spirit is showing up. And we may not be conscious of that. And there may be thoughts in our mind and beliefs about ourselves that we've been told and we've adopted and conclusions we've come to about ourselves that I, who am I? Who am I to play, to be all that I've come here to be? That's too big for me. That is too big. So the question today, the question every day is, are we going to hide in the wings, quaking in fear, or are, will we? It's not always easy. Will we embrace Embrace ourselves and love ourselves. Be compassionate with our, those vulnerable parts to let them out on the center stage to be seen. I've been using the quote from Rumi this month, the Persian poet, the Sufi, the teacher. He said, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. And what if these shadows, these things that we've been afraid to examine and explore, what, what if these aren't things to be afraid of, but in fact they are merely stepping stones into our brilliance? They're calling to us. But we have been conditioned to be afraid. You know, certainly each of us has heroes. 
You know, there's, there are each of us, I'm sure, if I were to ask you, someone who inspires you, some, who, who has stepped out on the stage of their life where they have taken, they've embraced all of themselves and all that they've gone through in order to, to, to live full out. All of us can think of someone. And in my own life, I'd like to share a little time and talk this morning about one of my personal heroes who made her transition this week. The legendary Tina Turner. I'll tell you, I've, I've, I've wore out cassette tapes <laughs> driving down the road at times when I was my mother's primary caregiver, 19 years old, taking care of a woman who was being eaten up and ravaged by cancer. No one to talk to, my father not there. But Tina Turner's voice coming over the speakers of my Toyota Corolla in the middle of the night with my windows rolled down. I can't stand the rain. She was born as Anna Mae Bullock in the small town of Nutbush, Tennessee. And she faced adversity in her life. All of us have. But I'm going to talk about one of my heroes. She had a lot of challenging circumstances in her life. And there was a spark in her that even she wasn't even aware of that would refuse to be dominated and oppressed and shut down. Throughout her life, she faced adversity, including the 16 years that she was in an abusive marriage that she described herself as torture. Despite experiencing so much pain, and even she could not find a way out she had made promises that she found bound to keep. She couldn't find a way out of her life. She even attempted suicide multiple times. But Tina, Tina rose like a phoenix from the ashes, emerging stronger and more radiant than ever before. Her journey began. She was born to sharecroppers, picking cotton, and her journey took her from those cotton fields to stages all around the world, transforming her from Anna Mae Bullock into Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll. Now her story, to me, it isn't about the, the, all of the drama in her life, but it is, it is her, the resilience and, what, and how she used it to shape her. And she attributes... Her rising, yes, she worked hard. Yes, she had talent. But do you know, even within herself, she wasn't aware of it. I've heard her speak of the questions that used to plague her. Who am I, born in this body, deserve to have what my heart desires? Who am I, to, to born in this body, having the, the, the coming from where I come from? All of us have a similar question in our mind. Because this idea of separation, 
this idea of separation. The idea that we're separate from our good, we will come up with some reasons why. We'll come up with some reasons why. And she says that she discovered the answers to those questions through her own spiritual practices. It was through her work, by her acquainting herself with who she was as a spiritual being that empowered her, that that's how she was able to find her own light. It was during the darkest time of her life that Tina learned of Buddhism and she embraced the practice of chanting Nam-myoho-renge-kyo. Nam-myoho-renge-kyo. Literally, that means that I take refuge. I take refuge in the mystic law of the Lotus Sutra. What? (laughs) Another way that you could say that is, is that I devote myself to the mystic law of cause and effect through my word, through my being, through my actions. You know, in spiritual mind treatment, you know what it is that we do? We speak our word. We connect, re-identify, we recognize ourselves and unite with that source, the truth of who we are. And for Tina, in her practice of Buddhism, chanting this phrase was her way of each and every time she chanted it to re-identify herself as I am. The life that is in me is greater than my circumstances. The life that is in me is greater than my conditions. The life that is in me is greater than what I see in front of me. As she immersed herself in this practice, something began to shift within her. Her husband, Ike, wondered, what the heck is she doing? See, I practiced this form of Buddhism for 10 years. And and that's how I learned of Tina's story, as in my own practice. She found this light within herself, a powerful force that was there all along waiting to be recognized and released. And she awoke to the realization that while I am victimized, I refuse to be a victim. It was through her own inner work, through her own inner consciousness, by her examining the shadows that were in her life, that she was able to change poison into medicine. It's a Buddhist phrase, a term, poison into medicine. You know, Albert Camus, he said, in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. (sighs) Tina, through her spiritual practices, and maybe I keep going back to this, you know why? Because I'm a minister, (laughs) and we're a sinner for spiritual living. And there are conditions that each of us may be facing in our lives. We may look at the world and we may see separation and we may see oppression. And if there's going to be peace, it has to start with us. And if we're going to discover that peace, we need to do it as spiritual beings through our practices. As she began to confront the shadows and face the fears, as she began to unchain herself from those shadows, she made a choice to step into her light, to step into her power, to actually run for her life, 
to run across a freeway after having a fist fight with her husband when she said, you're not going to beat me anymore. And she ran from him with 37 cents in her pocket and a mobile card because, see, her, the person who kept her hostage gave her an allowance. That's all she had left. You see, she chose eventually through her practice and, and looking at the darkness, her eyes became adjusted and she began to see the truth of who she was in that darkness. She became transformed and not, not only that her life could be seen and, and illuminated, but she and her experience became an inspiration to millions. Did she, has she not? Each of us have our own dark skies. Each of us have the dark hallways that cause us to stop in our tracks. There are parts of ourselves that we regret. There are parts that we feel shame. We may not see a way out. We may be, right now, being victimized by the words and actions of another. Do you know what? There, we never know what other people are going through. So just take a moment just to breathe in and just extend compassion and kindness and love to everyone in this room and beyond these walls. How blessed we are to be able to be in this space. But as we continue our journey, our own spiritual journeys, if we're going to continue on that path, if we're going to truly move on the center stage, we're going to have to take a look at those shadows. And what we'll do is we will come to realize through our practice what Ralph Waldo Emerson said, that what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. This is the power of the work that we do. This is the power of connecting and reconnecting to source. It's through our spiritual practices, individual and communal, us coming together. It is uh, these practices that we can quiet, that we can quiet our minds. We can quiet our minds enough to find peace in the chaos so that we may notice what it is that we're noticing and recognize that the thoughts that may be arising, some of those Many of those were handed to us, instilled in us, programmed into us. We will come to realize they're not our own thoughts. They're not our truth. Let's remember our shadows don't define us. While they do give us definition, they're not the all of us. There are opportunities for growth, healing, and self-discovery. It was Thich Nhat Hanh, another Buddhist teacher, who said the lotus cannot be there without the mud. Likewise, listen to this. Likewise, happiness cannot be there without suffering. Oh, in a world of, and in a practice of spiritual bypass, this may trigger and go, oh, what do you mean? What do you mean there can't be happiness without suffering? Because it is we gain understanding 
We gain understanding, he says, which gives happiness a chance to blossom. What's the saying? If we know better, we do better. As we bump up against the limits of our own understanding, we suffer, we feel pain. Ah, but then in that, bringing our awareness to it, it creates the space for a lotus blossom to bloom. Thus, the lotus does not have to reject the mud, and the beauty of the lotus actually gives value to the mud, Thich Nhat Hanh says. The deeper the mud, the more brilliant the blossom. Tina Turner had some deep mud. But she allowed herself to dig in deep. Not to bypass it, not to ignore it. (laughs) Even though there were those times where, yes, she wanted out. And she tried finding a way out rather than going through it. This month, we have been discussing this journey to our own center stage. That's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about the journey to our center stage. And it, and it requires consistent. It requires intentional effort. This doesn't happen by accident. You know why? Because it's so much easier to go to sleep, especially when we're unconscious. So there's parts that we're not conscious of. We're going to remain asleep unless we whisper, hey, wake up, wake up. We have powerful tools. I've mentioned some already. Mindfulness, meditation, spiritual mind treatment, visioning, affirmations. These are the tools that we use to remind ourselves, to recognize within ourselves, to re-identify, to unify, to realize who we truly are, the light, the light that is here, the light that is now, the light that we are. And through journaling, And I know some of us, there's a journaling workshop coming up. (laughs) Through journaling and, and writing and contemplation, it gives us space to examine the journey that we've made thus far, to to examine what is actually going on within us. And and having spiritual community, we're we're able to find sounding boards. We're able to find guidance. Our practitioners, our prayer partners, our spiritual friends are those that can support us when it is that we're trying to navigate and make our way down that dark hallway because the hallway seems very long. You remember the story I told you? I ran, ran, ran down that 17-foot hallway, and I knew how long it was. I measured it. Another practice is through the conscious giving of our time and our talent and treasure in sacred service. Why? Why is conscious giving important of time, talent, service? Why and treasure? Time, talent, treasure. Why is that important? Because we will get in our own heads and think, I have nothing to give. Who am I? I'm so small. But intentionally practicing, we stretch ourselves. And how can I be of service? 
It connects us to others. It reminds us that we're not alone. It reminds us that we can and we do make a difference in the world. But as long as we're buying into the story of who am I? Who am I born in this body? What can I do? I'm not enough. There's not enough. Then I, then I will never experience. I'll never experience what I am able to give. Gratitude. Gratitude. We have so much to be grateful for. But in our own pain, in our own suffering, and in the shadows, it may feel like there's nothing to be grateful for. But practicing it, looking for it, is like when you're in the dark looking for the light. Let us be grateful. Marianne Williamson, we just heard that wonderful quote from her. As... As we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. You see, we, as a spiritual community, are envisioned to a world that works for all. And many times our practice seems like it's, like it's inward focus or it's selfish. That it's, oh, it's just about us. But, but you see, by us doing our work and by moving from the side stage onto center stage then we are, just as Tina Turner has done for so many, is, is give people the invitation. The invitation to let their own brilliance out. We become a beacon of inspiration for others. And you may wonder, how is that possible? And I'm sure if, if you were to, to ask some of your closest friends if there were times... If you were to ask them and say, look, I, I need some reassurance here. I, I don't feel like I'm enough. Has there been, ever been a time where I have been of support to you? I know you wouldn't be sitting here if you weren't a person that was of, of a source of inspiration for others. So I invite you to reflect upon your journey or the parts of your life that you've been putting off, <laughs> who am I? Or maybe it's been too scary or it's been too long. It's been too long. It's been too long to, to spit, say those words. It's been too long to reach out. It's been too long to connect. What fears and limiting beliefs have held you back from stepping onto your center stage? See, as we embrace our power, we can step into that spotlight. You know, and speaking of spotlights, you know, just as each of, each of us here on our own individual journeys, I'm on my own journey too. I'm doing my own work. I'm doing my own work as well, embracing my light. And there have been times, there are times, is there any tissue up here? Thank you. You know, sometimes my eyes leak and uh, thank you. There have been times when I struggle with fear and uncertainty. I know I'm not alone in that. <laughs> I know what it feels like. It's easier to retreat to the shadows. It's easier to retreat and to hide than to step forward in the limelight. But you know what? I'm here doing my work just with you. 
And when we do this, there will come milestones. As you do your work, you'll see little signposts that you're on the right path. You're on the right path. How many of you know this to be true? As, as, you, as you, oh, make the effort, then you look back and go, oh, it was worth it. Oh, I'm so glad I went through that. I'm so glad I did that. And so I want to share a milestone of, of my own that I'm celebrating. And, but, and um, this week I was invited to be a keynote speaker at the upcoming Centers for Spiritual Living summer retreat at Asilomar in August. Yeah. And um, I'll tell you what, if you want to be vulnerable, if a minister wants to be vulnerable, go stand and, on, on stage in front of other ministers. And, and try to have something to say. Oh, I got something to say. I, got some, I, got, I can only say what I can say, and I'm going to go there and say it. And I'm, t- I'm telling you this while here to celebrate. Yes, and this is a milestone. It's something I'm excited about. But I'm also going there to represent our beloved community and to let them know about Concordia. This is a place where truly we practice community. We lean in. We lean into our growing edge. As we conclude together, you know, let's be inspired. Let's be inspired by those who let their light shine. And you know, I've been talking about Tina Turner and I've been and how many of you are fans? We got some, oh, we got some um, Tina Turner fans in the room. So I'm going to invite you to, um, you know, she was a Buddhist, and, and she did it up to the day she died. I mean, she wrote a book, I mean, when she was 80, 81 years old about her spiritual practice. It was meaningful to her. And so I'm going to invite you to join me in actually intoning what she chanted millions and millions and mil- countless times, something that was so meaningful to her as a way to bless her on her way, to send her off. And as we do this, what we're doing, just like in our treatment, we're extending our love and our light. We're just as we say namaste to one another, I bow, the divinity in me recognizes the divinity in you. Where the, our Buddha nature is, is recognizing and acknowledging and blessing Tina on her way, on her next adventure. And so we'll say this in unison. And I'll say it one time first, and because it may be, and you don't have to close your eyes. If the practice is done open eyes, but you may, if you're comfortable, put your heart, hands together at your heart as a way of bringing mind and heart together. And I'll, I'll chant it first once. And then we'll do it three times together and just wishing the best and the highest for Tina wherever she is. Join me.
Thank you. As we go forth this week, let's each of us, let's dig deep into that mud. <laughs> Summon up that courage. And with the power of our practice, step out onto our center stage, the center stage of our life, to let our light shine. Lights, camera, action. Let's live life out loud. Peace and love, everyone. We hope that you enjoyed this audio recording. For more information about our center, please visit our website at www.concordiacsl.com. You can also visit us online at our Facebook page or our YouTube channel by searching for Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. If you're in the area, come join us at one of our Sunday celebration services. We'd love to welcome you there. Namaste and blessings.